Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? My name is BJ. And my name is Me Too. And this week we're checking out CW's new sci-fi series, Pandora. So stay tuned to the end as we discuss why there are still escalators in 2199. You just can't improve some things. And towels and trench jackets and lots of very current looking clothing trends in the future which means maybe we're dressing timelessly yeah but they do have spaceships and holograms and glass slates for tablets so there's some progress that's exciting stuff so in this pilot episode series premiere of cw's pandora titled shelter from the storm we meet jacks the protagonist of the show, she, in this first episode, goes for a jog, turns around, and sees her family's home obliterated by potentially meteors, potentially an alien attack. We're not sure. They're in space. Fast forward, she returns to Earth to stay with her uncle, who is a surviving member of her family, and she attends this fleet training academy, which is basically like Star Trek, but the college years sort of like Saved by the Bell. She meets her uncle's teaching assistant. There may be more to him than we know now. His name is Xander. And then her classmates. So her roommate Delaney, who is kind of attitude-y, and hopefully we'll see more of her because I like a little attitude. She has cybernetic implants that she received as a child. So she's the robot cyborg of the show. We meet her new friend, Thomas, whose father has telepathic abilities, and so he has partial telepathic abilities. We meet her friend Greg, who's kind of like the rogue of the group, sort of the breakout guy who she kind of flirts with, too. And Raylan, who is the, I believe, first and lone Zatarian at the Academy, and he's sort of the olive branch of his people to earth because both species of beings okay humans and zatarians yes have been warring for a long time and are now at peace but zatarians are known for being violent and ruthless and so everyone is very suspicious of him we get a glimpse of that when he tries to go to the bar just like all of the other classmates and isn't served so you see a lot of stereotypes and discrimination put on him immediately and last, we have my favorite character, Atria, who is a clone. And so on her planet, she was basically property and wasn't allowed to pursue education or any of her own interests. And she killed her owner and showed up to Earth and everyone's super chill about it. And you can tell of all the characters, she is the most excited to be there because she literally wouldn't have had the opportunity on her own planet or in the life that she was leading before this. And so it's fun to see her soak up the experience of living independently. Once you just put out of your mind that she murdered her way there, which, whatever, get your freedom, girl. And she also is the one wearing the brightest colors to match her bright personality. Yes, I think the way that they dress them is so explicitly to help you be like, that's the rebellious one. That's the protective T.A. Xander. That's the guy that she'll flirt with. That's the one who was freed from slavery. <laughs> I 
I wouldn't say her clothing immediately gives off that backstory. More like she's thrilled to be here. Yes, she's the one who's like understanding the real value of this opportunity for an education, where for some others like Jax, this is probably not that big of a deal. You know, she probably had the opportunity to come to this academy, but had turned it down. Whereas Atria probably had to fight. Well, she literally did have to fight for it. She had to murder for it. It's like when people say, I'd kill for that. She did. She killed for school. Education is important. Education is really important, y'all, but we don't advocate murder. (laughs) But, you know, get learning. Beach, how did you feel about this pilot? So I think for this review, it's very important for us to split our opinions on the quality of the production versus the quality of the acting in the story. Even you having to start with that premise is dark. But listeners... This show was on a budget. Let's say that. Which we know all CW shows are on a budget. It's just when you need a lot of CG, special effects, more unconventional sets and props like you would on a sci-fi series, that budget really gets maxed out sooner than on Riverdale, which is just some small town. They had Gargoyle King-like costumes, but cheaper because they had to divvy them up amongst all of these aliens. Yes. So if you heard Miti's first comment about what the future looked like, they inserted futuristic advancements in technology sparingly. You don't want to assume that in the next, what, 180 years, everything advances, only some things. And so I think that's a very interesting approach to portraying the future. We can travel at light speed. Awesome. Jackets made of cotton, still functional, so why change it? In the future, people still don't know how to shower. Okay, listeners, so there was a very quick, like 10 second long shower scene where Jax was talking to her roommate. And so this all happened in real time. You watch her take off her clothes, get into the shower, step out of the shower. I'm hoping that in the future, they have some really efficient shower heads and like stuff going on in there that just blasts off the dirt because she stepped in and out and was done. It looked like a regular, regular, schmegular shower. It looked like a regular shower head for the water. I'm going to push back and I'm just going to say people still don't know how to shower. That not washing your legs, arms or other limbs conversation on Twitter was not totally surprising to me, but my goodness, the fact that people were comfortable publicly saying they didn't wash themselves. And now we got to see it on the CW. So that's a little PSA, clean yourself. Personal hygiene is not only important for how people perceive you, if you want them to not be put off by your smell, but it's good for your health. Thank you for that wonderful networking advice, BJ. So how did you feel about the storylines and the characters on the show outside of the productions and the poor showers. I like the story. I think it was a really fun setup to do like the college setting in the future. Makes it more relatable for people who have gone to college, people who have gone through high school, that whole school setting. And I do like the mystery that they're setting up. You have the suspicious uncle, Professor Osborne. You have the teaching assistant, Xander, who knows more than he's letting on. And then you also have Jax, who We don't even know her last name. And then by the end of this episode, we think she has some weird connection to a portal to another world. So I kind of like where they're going. And 
I wish they kind of sped up the pace of this story a little bit. We spent a lot of time with her meeting her friends, which is important. She has a lot of friends and they became friends really fast after what? Her first day of school? Yeah, it was that first night. Yeah. So I know you have to build those relationships, but I wanted more about what happened to her parents. What kind of cool alien planets are we going to go to? What is her uncle up to? I wanted that to happen in this pilot. What did you think of the story? I felt much the same way. I thought what they were setting up was interesting. I'm nervous that this show is teetering on maybe too many storylines because if there's too much to follow, that's the easiest way to get at least me disinterested in the show. Mm -hmm. And I would say with regard to her friends, it was weird because they spent so much time with them meeting each other. But because they spent so much time on that setup that they had only known each other for a couple of days, it made it all the more strange how quickly they bonded for Jax to explore what happened to her parents because she's trying to find answers on if they were targeted, if it was an accident, if they were killed. And her new friends, whom she's known for maybe a couple days, are willing to risk their status as students by sneaking into places and distracting guards so she can access ships. They're willing to steal ships. They stole a ship to go to the planet where she came from, where her parents were killed. They fought these aliens. They were willing to die for someone that they had met two days prior. And they sometimes hinted at it as they were doing these things, like, we barely know each other. How are we this close? But I don't think the characters on screen should have the same questions as I do on my couch. You bring up a really good point, which I think hit me very hard at the end, is that this show revolves around Jax. Not even that she's the main character, but the world of this show literally mm. revolves around her to having all the storylines about her, having all the drama about her, having all the cool mysteries about her. And she drags people into it. And when that really hit me was when she was exploring the planet. Xander shows up and is like, you shouldn't be here. And she pulls him into a mysterious blue flaming portal to another world. And then when he's like, we gotta go. Like, I can't communicate with anyone. We don't know where we are. So they leave. And because of her, we don't know exactly why, there's now aliens attacking everyone. So she's literally causing not only people to risk their status as a student and their jobs, but also their lives. People literally died because she showed up on this planet. Yes, I thought that was wild. The alien shootout, maybe that's just unfortunately part of the job, you know, mm -hmm. when you're in the intergalactic CIA. But that she stumbled upon a portal that she didn't know what it was. It looked like blue flames, so you don't know if it will hurt your body when you go through it. Mm -hmm. I thought she was going to run away from Xander and go in and explore herself, like not wait for him, sneak away from him, and break fast and go in there. When she yeah. grabbed his arm and pulled him in, I was like, oh, this is an anti-hero. I don't even think they're trying to set her up as an anti-hero, but I do not like her. Yeah, it's very disrespectful to force someone into a mysterious <laughs> flaming portal to another world that you know nothing about. Like, if she knew what it was, it would be different, but it was new to her as well. Yes, BJ and I are soon going to release an etiquette book, and chapter one will be when you come across a mysterious portal. It is shockingly rude to pull someone through it 
Risk your own life. Sure, run through there. I guess. We wish you wouldn't, but go ahead. But don't then grab someone else's arm and pull them in. Yeah, it might sound like a specific lesson, but it's very universal. Totally. So kind of going off of behaviors, looking more at the characters' behaviors, what did you think of some of the life lessons they tried to shove in there? We already talked about Atria and being freed from slavery to get an education, (laughs) but I think they were also trying to show... Raylan, the Zatarian, as an example of we should embrace diversity and shouldn't judge people based off of their families or where they come from. How do you feel about that in this futuristic setting? So I have no thoughts on the interspecies harmony because I've never met an alien. So I don't know what it's like to try to mend the bonds or the, the burned bridges between me and that alien species. But I thought it was weird that they had the bartenders not serve Raylan at that student bar, which was a good setup to show us that people don't like his people. Mm -hmm. But then they sort of dropped it. And I was expecting much more background on him because he's the most complicated, I would argue, of her friends. Mm hmm. So it was weird that they had these stereotypes about Zatarian people, but didn't really spend a lot of time building that. We just saw him not get served at a bar, and then we saw a couple people suspicious of him, and I believe it was her roommate who said Zatarians are violent, and that was pretty much it. And I just expected more. That's true. And he quickly became friends with everyone. Yes. They just had the viewers make some conceits of like, okay, these people are friends now. Okay, Zatarians are bad, but this guy is good. I don't know how bad they are, but apparently real bad. There were just moments that you had to just be like, all right, I've accepted it, moving on, that it was odd to assume that we would just go along with it. So you think they should have let that tension last over a few episodes or show more people react negatively to his presence? Yes. So I think that we should have seen more, even just in this first episode, maybe some clips of the war. I wanted a little more to go off of to Mm -hmm. understand the stereotypes around the Zatarian people. Gotcha. Explain the history more so you can kind of understand why there's tension and why there might still be tension. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Have some more lore, kind of understand what have these people been doing for 180 years? BJ, I want to time travel. Well, slow down, McFly. Lucky for you and our listeners in the fast lane, this episode is brought to you by Audible, where you can find sci-fi and time-traveling classics from authors like Octavia Butler. Thanks, Dr. Emmett Brown. Just go to audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. You'll get a free 30-day trial membership, be able to browse their unmatched selection of audio programs, Octavia Butler's iconic Kindred or not, and pick a title to download free and start listening. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. Happy listening. And now back to our show. Who was the most interesting friend to you? The most interesting friend? Probably Atria or Raylan. But I think it's because they got a lot of screen time and had a lot of interactions with Jax. Mm. I felt like I want to know more about Greg. I felt like there wasn't much about him. And I want to know more about Thomas because I thought he was kind of lacking. He has these partial telepathic powers and I want them to explore that more because I don't know what it means to have part psychic powers. Because the way that he demonstrated them at the beginning of the episode was he could tell that Raylan wanted some chips because apparently 
what actually looked like Doritos were <laughs> in that bowl and it looked like Raylan wanted them and Thomas anticipated that because he was partially telepathic. But I also feel like, have you ever eaten food or been eating food around a friend and they're not eating because they said they weren't hungry, but then you can tell they're like cutting their eyes at your food a lot? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what Thomas did with Raylan. I think that was just part of the human condition or the being condition than telepathy. So I'm excited to see Thomas really show out. It felt like he was just there in this first episode. And I felt similarly about Greg. He seemed to be kind of flirting with Jax, kind of shown out as the bad boy or the rogue one, but otherwise wasn't much to him. Speaking of flirting with Jax, and because this is CW, we know there has to be a love interest. Yeah. Do you think Greg will be the love interest? Because I was thinking it will be Xander. Well, I love me a love triangle. So I sensed some chemistry between both parties and Jax. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see her go between them and decide who she wants to be with. Did you get any vibes between Jax and Raylan? Because I kind of felt something there too. I didn't get romantic vibes between them. I got friendship vibes between them. I could see them becoming close. Mm-hmm. And they neither of them has any reason to trust the other. And they have all of the reasons to not trust the people around them. So maybe that will bond them a bit in a weird way. So I actually saw like a BFF, a complicated BFF thing happening there. I can see that. And maybe... Maybe if Raylan finds out more about the history behind Jax and what's special about her, that'll be something else they can bond over. Because in a way, they're both pretty different than your your typical human at this school. That's true. They are the odd ones out, no matter how you slice it. Even if she had totally normal background, because we don't know yet who or what she is, she's still someone who came to that academy, not because she wanted to go, but because her parents were mysteriously blown up on an alien planet. And so they share complicated histories as a common characteristic. True. And speaking of her family, do you have any theories about what her uncle is up to? I think her uncle genuinely loves her parents because I know that there's a bit of suspicion as to whether he set up her parents or what's going on there. I think he genuinely loves her parents. I think he genuinely wants to know what happened. But Mm -hmm. I think that there's more to Jax and maybe he's aware of that. So I don't think he loves her so much as he is willing to maybe protect her as he gets information, like keeping her close for that reason. Oh, so he's purely using her. Kind of like Dumbledore and Harry Potter. Dumbledore cared about Harry. He cared about him, but he was basically raising him as a pig for slaughter. And he survived. Spoiler, Harry made it. Okay, I can see that where she's kind of uh, a means to an end rather than his niece. Yeah. That's sad. That's how I think he sees her. So do you have any final thoughts on Pandora? No, I'm ready to rate this thing. What would you give CW's Pandora? Would watch again casually. Hmm. I don't need to stay up to date every week. There are already CW shows where I miss an episode a week or two, but I eventually catch up. So I think Pandora will fall in that category. It seems like it hits a lot of the CW 
teen drama beats that I occasionally enjoy, this time in a sci-fi setting. So if it can maintain the Riverdale meets The Flash meets Star Trek Star Wars, then I might stick it out the whole season. It's definitely worth keeping up with for now, though. What do you think? So for listeners like me who don't really care about sci-fi, I would say there are much better sci-fi shows to get into. For example, we've talked about this before, but I love me some Firefly. Knew you were going to say that. Y'all could dig into that. There's a season and a movie. So Firefly is available. There's Doctor Who. What I'm saying is there are better sci-fi options than this one. But as BJ said, if you're just looking for another show with hot (laughs) people in their late 20s playing hot people in their early 20s in the typical CW format, then this show should work as long as, as BJ said, they keep up that fun appeal. Just for me, I already have Riverdale on deck and I'm probably definitely going to jump two full feet into Nancy Drew. And Katie Keene. Oh. Yeah, so honestly, y'all, I'm booked. And I feel like if you're a viewer like me, you'll probably feel the same. If you want to find more opinions on a sci-fi series or non-sci-fi series, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. It really helps other people discover us. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. You can send thoughts, feelings, show recommendations. We're getting through them, we promise, to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.